the Brander Podcast. Hey there guys, Scott Lancaster here from Brander and in this episode we're going to be speaking to Professor Jonathan Eirgia Wilson who is a branding consultant and full-time professor in London but also an all-round legend as you're just about to find out in this episode. He also published the paper Understanding Branding is Demanding where essentially he marries the worlds of hip-hop and branding together seamlessly whilst rapping throughout the article. Yep, he raps throughout the article. For real. We discuss why branding is so critical during these challenging times we're all currently living in and also what makes a great brand stand out from the rest among other incredibly wonderful things which you're about to find out by watching this episode. Just before we start the episode, if you want any help in regards to growing your business or starting a brand, then feel free to check out wearebrander.com where we've got a ton of free resources and accelerator programs there for you to take advantage of. And without further ado, let's begin the episode. Yeah, without further ado. Let's uh, let's get cracking. I've got some incredible questions for you. I uh, read your paper literally oh. over the last sort of couple of hours. It took it took me a while to sort because I actually read. Okay, this is actually written as part of like like a like a rap basically. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is written really weird. Like I'm struggling to get into the. Wait a second, this is incredible. And then by the end of it, I was like actually rapping it in my head. It was amazing, buddy. Absolutely amazing. I know it's a, it's a weird one, right? Because you see like academic paper and think that like, you know, you get into that mindset and then it's just talking about weird stuff. <laughs> it's amazing, man. So how, how are things, are you, you're in London right now? You're in London at the yeah, moment? Yeah, I am, yeah. Awesome. How are things there? What's the, what's the situation over there at the moment with COVID and stuff? You know, I mean, we're kind of like getting squeezed into like, you know, more restrictions, but like, you know, I think everyone is just realizing that, you know, all of those kind of optimistic predictions are just a load of crap you know yeah. people are going to lose their job at christmas christmas is going to be shit <laughs> and, yeah. and the next year is going to be a tough year i mean i think that's that's yeah. the reality right did you kind of see that did, did obviously you know you being you know having the the network that you have obviously being in the you know the academia circles did you kind of see this being the way that it is a little bit earlier um, or yeah, you know, when I saw COVID, uh, like, you know, me and my friends, whether that's in university or, you know, outside an industry, we all, we all kind of thought, okay, it looks bad. Like, and, pre and like, prepare yourself for like three years. Like, the next year is going to be disruptive, like, in terms of just whether you can travel or not. And then it, assuming that, like, best case scenario, like, this time next year, we can start to do more normal stuff. You know, people aren't going to have money because they're going to have to like recoup money that they lost if you're still around, and so that means year two is going to be crap. And then so you are looking at like two, three years, which we all said. But then it's like shit. The more you think about it, the more you think like that's conferences, yeah, yeah. that's like events, that's entertainment, that's travel, yeah. and 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 what does like you know what does a travel company do? Like you know, okay, so when we can fly again. Like, how much is it? Like, I, I went to Russia last month with a work trip and it was, I mean, I wasn't paying, but it was ridiculously expensive because, you know, it's not just the, the flights are expensive. It's 200 pounds to get a COVID test mm. so that you've got the permission to go on a flight. Yeah. And then there's the visa, you know, there's like a ton of other costs. And then if you think like, I mean, just to get my visa because it was taking longer and the COVID test, that's 500 quid. Yeah, yeah. Before you've even bought the plane ticket, and then you buy the plane <laughs> ticket, and it's just a, who's 
who's going to cope with that and then all those people that like you know <clears> delayed <throat> their their like holiday plans for like this half term mm. or even like spring next year realized that that was just optimistic you know all yeah. those all those companies that said hey why don't you delay for the next school holiday or why don't you just like let's just forward you to this time next year Mm. no i mean i, I kind of pushed to get my money back i'm like just give me my money back i don't because if you want yeah. like what's the point of getting vouchers if we don't know <laughs> we just <laughs> for, for, for 2025 i'll see yeah, you there yeah, let me just hold up because they say ah oh, but you know you get book the flights now and they'll be really cheap yeah if you were around i mean like i'm watching on social media like british airways people are like dissing them saying like why stop messing this around you keep cancelling flights yeah yeah Either run them or not. So it's like give the money back. Five five hundred quid. Five hundred quid will get you a holiday. Well, the flights. You know, most of the hotel for a week at least. Now it's I like know. yeah, you've you've got a COVID test and maybe a hamburger at the airport and that that's you done. That's you sorted. With that, so one of the reasons why I was so ridiculously excited to to chat with you is obviously you're kind of I mean you're 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 a master of many things, but. One thing which, um, after reading your paper especially, I really wanted to kind of chat with you about is where a lot of businesses go wrong with branding. Because, I mean, I work with, I mean, you, you work with clients, I work with clients, and it's remarkable how, how little people actually know about branding. When, as you see in your actual paper, and I'm, I'm just going to quote it now, creating a brand and doing branding in many ways is so simple, but somehow not easy. What did you, what did you mean by that? And what areas of branding do you feel are easier, and what makes other areas harder? Hmm. So I think the thing is that now we have no choice, in the sense that some of the predictions that people were making about, you know, you need to have a purpose, you need to communicate value, you need to be sensitive to various communities. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like, it's like a game of Pac-Man, you know, someone's taking a power pill and everything is supercharged now. We're, we're literally, I get it, there are some brands who are just petrified about the, the idea that you could wake up the next day and you could check social media and you're being slated because you did or didn't do something. And that did or didn't do something could be, oh, you know, all of those decades that we told you that your logo Uncle Ben's or somebody was culturally insensitive we're really angry now. <laughs> Now's the time to be angry because there's a window of opportunity of eyeballs and news stories and media attention, which is disproportionate than it's ever been before. And you think, oh, wow, okay, how do we deal with this? Or there are companies that think, okay, I'm just going to keep my head down uh, below the radar. And they think, like, let me just sit this one out, which I'm not saying is a bad idea. But if people keep knocking at your door saying, like, what are you going to do? And then your knee-jerk reaction is to do something, which is to, to put out a, a blackout meme or to say black lives really matter. And then the next day, someone else shows you that black lives matter um, has been involved in some looting of shops and stuff. And, and you don't know who's uh, right about that. Were they involved? Was it someone that was capitalizing on that? But it's just the speed at which we're having to perform, which we've never had to before thanks to rolling news and social media and citizen journalism and all of these things means that like, you know, a lot of brands are lost. And, and so in some respects, though, having said all of that, I don't think that a lot has to change other than a mindset, which is we know that branding is about the long-term game 
and we know that branding has to demonstrate value and value which in some way means shape or form translates into currency now whether that social currency uh, that disproportionate feeling of emotional attachment and belonging to the brand or or hard cash you know when i sell my product you pay a premium or when we make a mistake you forgive me or any of those things that has to come through and and so the thing that i'd remind companies to consider is is to go all the way back to basics and think okay if you understand what brand means a brand you know and there are, there are loads of definitions you know it's your image your identity your personality your very nature of existence whether you want to look at that as anatomy physiology or whatever words you want to use it's what are you and how are you seen by other people how do they interpret that now yeah. once you have that shape and form branding common sense really is the active you know participle that the process of doing those things so it's possible to have a brand and hibernate right like if you're a rock star <laughs> you know you could have had some great albums in the 70s and done nothing and then you know 40 years later just reappear and go remember that good time you had remember when you know you proposed to somebody well i'm back and, and here's that feel good value so brands can hibernate no problem with that whatsoever but branding <clears throat> is that active process of reaffirming sorry reaffirming those vows that commitment all of those sorts of things and that's really important um so if companies aren't thinking in that way iteratively in a very kind of real human-like experience perspective then then they're missing the trick if they think that the brand is just the logo or is a nice piece of graphically designed corporate literature or is just the packaging design then they're missing <clears throat> the point but then equally if you go the other way and you're far more emotional and you're thinking that your brand is your story <laughs> your brand is whatever you want to be we're all brands if you think about it i don't agree with that either yeah. because if we're all brands if we think about it can everybody charge a premium no, no. <laughs> right and if it's all about storytelling how many stories are forgotten or are uninteresting or bland insipid boring you know not everybody's story is interesting enough that they want to know you know once upon a time i woke up in a loving family but something happened to me and i thought i need to have a purpose in my life and that's why i built this big company not everybody is lucky enough to pull off that story yeah. that's the reality right not everybody is is lucky enough to to kind of have those serendipitous moments that mean that you get to the next stage so for some people that you know they're really lucky so even like you know i mean if i'm to be totally glib people have joked uh about even my my own journey like i remember you know when i when i graduated and got my first job in advertising in the late 90s you know i, I cut all my hair off right because i thought i'm not going to get a proper job proper job with with like the hair that i've got now um but then you know once i had a bit of social currency i thought you know i can kind of let my hair down a little bit and now it's locked down i can let my hair down even more i mean just to kind of tell you me and my hair are doing really well <laughs> during lockdown right but the thing is like i'm not doing it for branding i'm doing it because it's me I'm born like this. I like this. I like rock music. You know, I like hip hop. 
And so it would be a mistake for people to think, ah, the secret to success in the social media world is that everybody grows an Afro or every billboard needs an Afro or everybody should wear a pink hooded top. The reason I bought this pink hooded top when I bought it a few years ago was it was cheaper than all the other colors. It was reduced because nobody wanted to wear pink. But granted that when I realized that people responded in a positive way, I was smart to pick up on the fact that actually, you know, wearing pink and posting a picture kind of worked for me. So I'm just going to buy some more cheap pink stuff before it gets expensive. But I'm more than an Afro and I'm more than a pink hooded top. Yeah. And so you can't get kind of, you know, what, what would the Americans say? You can't get high on your own supply. You, you know, you can't, you can't get drunk on Kool-Aid, right? Just think yeah. about the reality of, of the situation, which is branding is a long-term pursuit. It's an essential component of business because it's about being recognized, valued, raising your reputation and delivering incremental value proportionately beyond what you can do in any other business function but you need to have that recognized and ratified by an audience. Hello guys, thank you so much for watching this content. It means the world to us. If you want more content like this, then feel free to subscribe. But also, if you're interested in actually building a brand of your own and starting a business on the right foot, feel free to go to wearebranded.com where you'll find tons of free information and actionable advice. We look forward to seeing you there. I think that, I mean, that... that the amount of knowledge bombs that were dropped there, you know, I'm, 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 I'm surprised that the world still exists, to be honest with you. That was, that, that was literally like, they were, they were just, they were just dropping left, right and center. And I was, I was, I was suddenly trying to take notes while I was listening to you, but it was just, yeah, it was too fast and my fingers started hurting. So I got a few notes in there though. But I mean, basically we, I mean, if, if you really condense that down into its true essence, you're talking about, authenticity, staying true to your roots, actually having a purpose of existing as opposed to just financial gain. And I mean, you know, how many businesses start thinking, oh, wait, uh, there's a gap in the market. Let's just, let's just try and see what happens, right? Let's, let's just try and capitalize on that particular gap in the market. And there's nothing mm. wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with making money because if, if, we, if we didn't make money, then, you know, what, what is the economy? You know, like we, we, we literally, it, it wouldn't, it, it just wouldn't work. But to, if you make money and you're actually adding value, then it's fine. It's fine to be paid to add value because then you invest in, you know, for example, if you're a business, you invest in other creatives, you give people jobs, you know, it, it all kind of works together. And I feel mm. like just to kind of build on what you've just said, John, the current world, the, the, you know, with Black Lives Matter, with, you know, all this stuff going on. And I think, I think COVID has just kind of cranked everything up a notch and just made everyone super emotionally charged. I feel like the current world is really highlighting which brands have their shit together and which brands are just in it for the, for the, for the short-term game. Yeah, I'd agree. And I'd also say that what it's highlighting as well is a different phase of, of humanity. Because if you go like centuries back, you know, once upon a time, talking about doing business would be, you know, we are craftspeople, artisans, we're physically producing products, we're farmers, we're trading in tangible goods and services. And, and you and I, in the professional services industry are both in that arena where we're basically brains for hire. You know, we're charging for our ideas. I mean, even if you go back to the traditional uh, university centuries ago, you had experts who dedicated some of their time to other people to help them to grow. There weren't ridiculous tuition fees, right? 
or even if you think about I, I remember reading about you know some of the holy books if you think about the bible or the quran or, or other books this notion of somebody saying hey let me publish this book and sell it uh wasn't received very well because they were like you're profiting from the words of god <laughs> right uh that doesn't sit right with a lot of people but but now we're in a situation where well yeah if you're going to make money, then why not make money from something where you're sharing good news, right? So the mindset has shifted. So as we've got to this arena where you and I can charge for our ideas, for our artwork, for our creativity, and we can charge a large amount for intangibles, what COVID-19 has done is it's kind of pulled the rug from under us because it's like people are back into survival zone and are just thinking, okay, um, like, you know, I, I need to pay the bills, right? I need to eat. Or... Yeah. If you're talking about entertainment, then it's like, I want cheap, fun entertainment. So if you're KFC offering a bargain bucket and you're using somebody else's Netflix subscription, right, then, then you, you're, in, you're in a good place. But it's not a good place for all of those other creatives and media companies who are, are, are trying to get what we were able to and have been for, for a number of years now. So it has been a reality check to make us kind of reevaluate, okay, in terms of purpose, how can we clearly articulate what our purpose is and, and why um, we need to make money? And, and I think we're going to need some help and support on that. You know, the creative industries working with, with other industries, because it's not for me to say that we should all go back to, to uh, growing vegetables in our garden and, and trading them at a local market. But it's having come on this journey, how do we uh, make money? And, and if we look at other industries, that, that they've been faced with this reality uh, before us. So like, you know, a um, former musician looking at the music industry, you know, your, your main product was the album, right? And, and, and so you invested a lot of money in creating an amazing album, and then you would make money from album sales. And the tour was the mechanism, the promotional mechanism by which you would sell more albums. And if you sell some merchandise on the side, that's all well and good, right? Um, that helps to cover the day-to-day -day costs, make sure that you can eat when you're on tour, coming out in the back of a bus. Um, but things have kind of been flipped because now, like, you know, there are artists that can make an album for almost nothing, right? There are some artists, um, like from the internet, you know, you can, make a, you can make an album using your smartphone. And, and so uh, if I think about in the 90s, when I saw Nirvana play live, it cost me six pounds in 1991 to stand front row, see Nirvana play live for six pounds, but concerts aren't six pounds anymore, right? They, they've become these massive experiences and merchandise has become a big thing. And there are more artists that are investing in other activities to kind of uh, sustain a kind of a more stable career. Now, there've been illegal downloads, you know, digitization has changed the way that even albums are perceived, you know, does it make more sense? Like now when you look at uh, creating an album, I read something somewhere which said that, you know, your first three tracks have to be your bangers. They have to be your hit tracks. Yeah. Otherwise you, you're going to lose out on, on some revenue. So yeah. this idea of building a whole album concept uh, has, has completely changed. People are snacking on, on songs that are, they're being recommended through these various algorithms. So if we translate that to wider business, how do we make money is, is going to, we're going to burn a lot of brain cells because it's going to be uh, through partnerships and thinking about uh, seemingly unconnected industries and, and leveraging against them. 
which is why, for example, you know, some tech companies are going to come into education and they're going to go head, head to head with universities. Universities currently think that tech companies are there to serve them, to provide them with software or, or additional content to enrich their, their, their proposition. But what, when, what happens when tech companies decide that they can award degrees and they find a way to make that happen? In the same way as, you know, other brands or, or sectors think we're going to kind of come outside of our remit, you know? I, I remember Seth Godin talking about how easy it would be for us to uh, entertain the concept of Nike being a hotel. Uh, because it has a strong brand, right? So, so we can see that there are people thinking about those things. So the next stage becomes the business strategy that enables us to do so. So whether that's, you know, as a business unit, um, as some have done during COVID, throw all of your uh, kind of physical operations out the window and people work from home remotely. What does that actually mean? Uh, yeah, apart from the, the tech, uh, sorry, the, the software and the tech, but when you have younger uh, graduates who are coming into the workforce, how can you inculcate them with, with the necessary skills? And, and, and how do people work together? And, and how do you then make that business model flourish? In, and, and, and what's the kind of the, the sweet spot? So are we collective individuals? Are we an organization? But also going back to your point about authenticity and, and, and how that works in branding. Yes, you could have a pursuit which is to make money or to be successful and you saw whether it's selling paper clips or, or whatever as being your vehicle to, to success, we know that that has to be encoded and translated into a language that people want to digest so that you can achieve your dream. Yeah. You don't go out there and say, I want to be the richest man in the world selling paper clips and you're going to help me do that, <laughs> right? Jeff Most Bezos of us said don't... that. Jeff Bezos said that and he's doing all right. <laughs> Yeah, he's not just selling paperclips though, is he? But uh, no, but you're <laughs> right. Story. Not all of us are, are so lucky, but we have to find a way to take people on that journey. Now, the challenge becomes when you talk about authenticity, how you can pass on those important pieces of information, knowledge, uh, experiences, feelings to your other staff so that they live your brand. And that's where it becomes a little bit more difficult. So for example, you know, it's a few years ago now, but when I was doing my PhD, um, it was on branding. And, and one of the questions that I asked some uh, professionals in branding and experts were their favorite brands, the ones that they liked and they didn't dis, uh, sorry, that they disliked or had no kind of feeling positive or negative about. And one of the interesting, interesting things is, because I had their bio data, a lot of people mentioned brands that they really liked and they were brands that they'd never worked on. <laughs> With an exception of, of, of the sample, which is a small sample, but people that worked for the BBC did actually mention the BBC as being a brand that they, they got behind and believed in. But there were lots of other people who worked at companies and they never mentioned their company. And, and so one of the things I thought is, well, that says something about the branding of the company, whether that's that employee branding, internal branding or comms or whatever it is, but you're not getting people to buy into your journey or, or life existence or any of those things that I mentioned and yeah. and so I think that that's really important too um so yeah a 360 degree approach to branding is can you get your staff to actually believe in what you're saying so in reverse to what I was saying you need them to get high on your supply yeah. <laughs> they need to get drunk on your kool-aid because if they're not especially in the digital world it's going to come across yeah. because actually having people that work nine to five or just 
according to their contractual obligations and requirements, isn't going to work when we're facing a financial meltdown or we're facing all of these calamities, right? You need people to be invested and to want to try a little bit harder. And that little bit harder across the board with enough people is going to make a massive difference. And yeah. if you can't do that, then for everyone else, then you're lost. It's a bit like, you know, I study sport. And when I look at uh, a lot of these amazing football teams, right? Um, there's only a, a marginal difference between like winning and losing a few split seconds or breaking a team and then just th there being a flood of goals. I mean, yesterday I was happy about Manchester United winning 5-0, right? And, and Manchester United, like prior, if you look at the predictions, the German predictions, they were like, you know, United should watch out because, um, you know, this, they're playing the, who is at the top of the Bundesliga at the moment, right? And um, they beat them 5-0 quite comfortably once they got into that groove in that zone then they were able to turn things around and i don't see business as being any different because if you go on the notion that these are all professionals who are highly skilled highly trained highly qualified managed paid handsomely know what's at stake want to win and yet it seems to be so fragile and 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 there are massive differences between winning and losing then similarly we see the same thing in the business world that, that we that most of us know and understand that actually there are there are really small things and it might be unclear as to what those things are that we can tighten up because on the other side as i mentioned in my paper if it was that easy then everyone would do it and we'd all win <laughs> the reality is it's going to take iterations and experimentations and what worked last week might not work next week but it's thinking in a way that you have to kind of close those gaps and probably it's the small gaps. It's the small gaps that are going to have a massive disproportionate effect on what it is that you do. Yeah. One of the things which, just to kind of piggyback from what you just said there, the, what I kind of experienced personally or what I have experienced personally, I'm not sure if you've sort of experienced anything similar, but sometimes when I work with bigger companies, like more established businesses, I could speak to them about, you know, purpose internal branding you know making sure that all of your stakeholders are invested in why your actual company exists right and then and I, I'll, I'll let you remember one like one meeting in particular when he was like well how's that going to impact our bottom line and i was just like we're probably not the right fit for each other are we and it was just it, it was one of those situations where it had to be a long conversation me kind of explaining everything to him and sort of saying listen yeah this this isn't this isn't going to you're not going to see the benefits of this to be completely honest i might not be the right fit for you you're not going to see the benefits of this in year one quarter three of year three whatever of us working together this is a long-term play where you're going to see things gradually exponentially you know improve over the long term you know it's it, it, it's not uh it's not a secret that People want to work for companies that have a purpose. Tesla's a prime example, right? One of my friends went to work for Tesla and actually accepted the, the salary, which was £10,000 less because it was mm. Tesla as opposed to another car manufacturer because of Tesla's, um, you know, because it was Tesla, because of the brand, because the, you know, sh she could actually say that she worked for, for Tesla and she loved what they were doing. So, I mean, mm. that was just one single instance, but... You know, you, you can't tell me that, you know, if you were offered two jobs, one was for, for Nike and one was for another company which wasn't as established and didn't really have as much clout, you know, you wouldn't say that you wouldn't be tempted to go with Nike and take that pay cut if you could afford it. 
Yeah, I'd be tempted. I suppose the key question is how much more money uh, is, I don't know, Mr. Brown's <laughs> sneakers offering me, right? Um, but it. yeah, you're right. And that, that comes to kind of what stage you're at in your career, kind of your personal finances yeah. and stuff. But I think you make a good point. And, and I guess what I was thinking about is, is some, of, some of it is because of the situation that we're in with regards being branding experts, where there are a lot of people that feel it's almost like it's almost like going to a fairground, right? And and you're a fortune teller. It's like you know, you will succeed if you invest in your brand, like, you know, something like that. And um, that's not what we're saying. But but it, it part of branding appears to be like a dark art where it's literally like, oh, you know, you just do nice things or say nice things or you get a celebrity or you you, you pay for some nice music and then yeah. everything's nice and 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 i think yeah. that sometimes we find it difficult to communicate our real uh value yeah. right and when you're asking someone to change um so yeah they, they see us as kind of fortune tellers as opposed to experts yeah yeah and, and and there's a massive difference right um i could think of an example where i was doing some training for uh garuda airlines right who, who at the time was sponsoring liverpool football club maybe they're missing out right now because it, it, it was a Sorry. good deal back then yeah yeah it's like oh i should have signed that it. seven year deal why did we not sign a seven year oh, deal i know because at the time it was the right fit their, their, their logo is a bird liverpool's logo is a bird you know everything was moving right for them uh, but but i was doing a training course with their marketing staff in in jakarta and their hq in indonesia and i asked them one simple question which was do you ever celebrate Liverpool's goals? And actually, I don't think anyone said that they did. By that, what I meant was that, you know, you're sponsoring this um, football club. And as far as they were concerned, it's job done. They're sponsoring the club. They have the TV advert. But, but no one had in their diary when Liverpool is playing. And when they score a goal, that they go, yeah, Liverpool scored a goal. And I was like, you're wasting some money there. You know, or, and you're missing the point that, you know, branding is more than just plonking your logo on, on somebody's shirt. Yeah. You know, you can get so much more value. Think about the conversations that you could be having by celebrating the goals and interacting with the fans who yeah. you have already identified. Um, you have to go a little bit further. Uh, once you've invested, once you've gone on this journey of, of accepting and realizing that branding is important and you've invested in branding, you have to go a little bit further. But actually, that going further doesn't necessarily cost much more money. There's an emotional investment. Yeah. There's an intellectual investment. And, and there is, it requires some more strategic planning. But that's also why I, I would argue that, that you need uh, experts who can have that kind of um, helicopter view. So you're kind of, you're trying to look at things from the top down, but also from the bottom up. So I am actually a, a great believer in like, you know, if, if I was to kind of pitch you and me into getting more work, right, I would say that we have a, a unique position in that we're almost like secret shoppers the fly on the wall that you know we're going to consume your brand and from an outsider's perspective see what's going on but also if you let us into your organization we're going to see how you will interact and then based upon our experiences with other organizations we can tell you what's going on in other companies and 
and then it's kind of it's up to you but you know it's it's that approach that i think is really important and and so uh realistically a lot of companies don't have the money to pay for someone to do that full time and you might argue that that when they stop being kind of new blood with new eyes they might just become kind of indoctrinated or they might feel restricted in how they can express themselves but i think that that role is important and i think uh, people underestimate how important it is yeah obviously i mean we we could probably talk for the next three weeks um about branding and what's going so well in the world and what's going so bad in the world and i'm, I'm, I'm to be honest with you I'm, I'm not sure about you but i feel like this isn't the the last conversation that we'll be having at least you know in, in the next uh in the well for the next year anyway but i want to be respectful of your time one thing that i want to leave you with is i, I want to ask this question to start with but if you and this is a bit of a weird question but i'm gonna ask it anyway if you had a gold card for limitless free purchases from any brand in the world and John, you can't just have the products and then sell them. You can't sell the products. So please, so please don't answer it in that respect. Which brand would it be from and why? If you're watching Emirates airlines, hook me <laughs> up. <laughs> he put the plug in there. He put the plug in there. Oh my God. Emirates airlines. Because I'd love to see the world several times before I die. And, and uh, why that airline? Because I've kind of identified that if we look at um, regions that, that have been good at developing in a short space of time, I think Dubai is a great case study. Mm. And, and they've been successful at kind of getting people to think about stopping over when they would normally go further east. Yeah. So, yeah, as, as a hub... Or, you know, Turkish Airlines. Hey, also good too. <laughs> but, you know, historically, Istanbul has been a great, has been a great city and, and people have fought for many years to, to control that city. But yeah, Emirates or Turkish Airlines. But yeah, I think um, kind of in reverse to what I was saying before, I think that, you know, travel um, is going to remain as, as an important thing because whilst we're doing all this on Zoom and everything, humans buy into humans. And so... I had a recent trip to Russia last month and it was a powerful experience actually being able to see real human beings and be in Red Square and, and just feel the richness of conversation and then what that led to afterwards in terms of business, right? Um, so yeah, airline company. Incredible, sir. Incredible. <laughs>